Kelly Show on ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Mark Andre Fleury has passed away the eulogy tomorrow. Oh, wait, no. That's not what happened. He's just returning to play a hockey game. I love Mark Andre Fleury as much as the next guy. I have his jersey. I got it when I was a little kid. It smells like cat pee now, though, but that's a long story. Actually, it's really not my cat pee on the jersey. Everyone's treating this like the guy's gone for good. Hell, he might win the Stanley Cup this year. I'm sure Mark Andre's happy. The Penguins, they're on the right track. Be happy for them, too. Brian Metz are always cheery. He joins me now on the Crowley Show. Metz, what's going on, pal? Oh, just living life, my friend. How about you? Things good with you? Things are good. Anytime the Patriots lose, it's good. I picked the Patriots to win the game, but hey, it's okay. They lost. It was delightful. What say you? Well, I was going to ask you, how were your uh, at responses today? Because I saw your tweet pregame, and then uh, obviously things didn't go that way. So I figured people couldn't just be satisfied with the victory happening for the Eagles. They like to bash people who picked it the other way. I know, and I feel almost... I feel like I shouldn't tweet before games anymore, Brian. I mean, I just people get after me, and it's it's very it's very it is hard to deal with when you're trying to sleep and your phone's and you got Joe from Blonox calling you an idiot, or I guess more accurately, Joe from Bethlehem calling you an idiot. But Brian Metzger joined me to talk pens. The Penguins played well enough to beat Washington. Then they go out to New Jersey, and holy crap, it looked like the Penguins from earlier on this season. What do you make of that? Well, I I think they definitely looked like the team that played the night before, first of all, which is a problem. But because that was that was something that you know obviously was an issue back in October, November. But whenever I looked at that, I just said I really miss Patrick Hornquist. It was his first game out of the lineup, and when he misses a game, they are a different looking team for whatever reason. He's usually the heart and soul, the one that gets them gathered during an intermission, and it wasn't there for him whenever uh, he's out of the lineup. So I think that was one of the biggest issues, and it, and it had Sullivan shuffling his lines up quite a bit. I think that was a problem, to be sure. The Penguins also only produced, I believe, 16 shots in the game. They got thoroughly dominated in that area. I know that the second of a back-to-back is not an ideal situation, as you alluded to, Mets, but that can't be happening anymore. I thought that maybe they'd have gotten past that, but evidently not. No, I didn't like it, it at all, just based on what you said. I mean, they had won five second game of a back-to-back situations in a row. They had turned that around. They looked like a different team. I think a lot of that had to do with the goaltending play because that had improved. Their defensive game has improved. Their ability to score goals has improved. And what I didn't like after that game, though, because we had to break it down on the post-game show on the Penguins Radio Network, and people wanted to tweet me and say, and I even saw some other media colleagues talking about it as, well, they can't play great every night. They can't come out with an A effort every night, specifically in back-to-back, and that sounded a whole lot like the excuse-making that was going on for them early in the season when yep. they didn't look like themselves. This new version of the Penguins, the way they've been flying since January 1st, doesn't seem to have that in their game. I'm going to chalk it up to the fact that they had two regulars out of the lineup. They were playing in a back-to-back situation. And the biggest thing for me, and this is what I don't like the most probably, is that while it was a big Metropolitan Division matchup for a team that was right there neck and neck with the Penguins, I don't think they had the emotional investment that they did against the Washington Capitals. They sort of left it all on the table the night before, scoring those seven goals. It was this big topsy-turvy back-and-forth affair. 
and they never seem to get that juice flowing for the New Jersey Devils, and they better find a way to make that happen because that was only the first time they saw them this season, and right now if the playoffs started, they'd have to play them. So you need to get those juices flowing against an opponent that normally doesn't make that happen for you. You know, I think that's a really good point. Everything you just said there, Brian, and I kind of want to break it down piece by piece. The Penguins have been really good against the Metro this year, so they've gotten up for the big games. But when you're playing a team for the first time, a team that's in the playoff hunt, one that considers themselves a rival of yours since they're in the division, you're going to get their best shot since you're the back-to-back Stanley Cup champ. So they were really juiced on the other side. The Penguins kind of had that letdown because they had just played their biggest rival, at least one of them, in Washington, and it was the second of back-to-back. So I don't want to make excuses, and I'm not. But I do think that that all factored in as well as them not having the depth that they've had these last this last month or so. Yeah, I mean, it's the way I saw it play out. And I don't know how you can't get juiced up to play a team that's put together by your former, former general yeah. manager, Ray Shiro. He's done a really nice job there. There's a coach from the Penguins organization on the other bench as well. There's a lot of guys that played for John Hines. I would like to go out and, and try and show up my former coach and my former GM. Not that they did anything to this group of players. But that's enough to say, okay, there's a lot of tie-in. Tom Fitzgerald's over there, too. So there's a number of former Penguins personnel involved. I'd like to go out and have a good showing against them. What the Devils did was come out with a speed game and beat the Penguins sort of at their own you know, methodology. I mean, they, they looked like the faster opponent. They were getting offensive opportunities up and down the ice. And the one thing that really sort of rubbed me the wrong way was I saw a lot of tweets about this as well. Is it all oh, typical, boring Devils hockey because the Penguins <laughs> only had 16 shots on goal? It wasn't boring Devils hockey. They were the dynamic offensive juggernaut in that game, at least in terms of the offensive opportunity. They can they were skate, Mets. They really can. Yeah. It wasn't boring in the least. I thought that team was up and down all night. It's just a matter of the Penguins having to match that, and they didn't have it. They didn't have the gas in the tank in that game for whatever reason. They've just got to find a way to let that uh, the juice start to flow again. So I guess they'll have a chance to get the emotions up high whenever they face Marc-Andre Fleury tomorrow night. So that was my excuse-making. Let's move past that and I'll go with the legitimate reason. You already touched on it. Penguins were missing two regulars. One of the reasons that the Penguins have been so hot, of course, is the Stars playing out of this world, and we'll get to that. But it's also the fact that they've had a normalized lineup with four lines that could put the puck in the net and contribute. But when you lose Connor Sherry and you lose Patrick Hornquist, that takes a couple of guys out, and the depth is then thin, and that's going to be an issue for as long as they're out, I think. Completely agree with you. I was a little surprised to see Tom Kunakl get elevated to the Evgeny Malkin line, at least to start the game the other night. That was something that you're, you're, you're looking at it as, okay, nothing against Tom Kunakl. I know he scored a ton of goals in junior hockey, but he's been relegated to sometimes the press box by the current Penguins coach, then he's usually a role-playing forward that kills penalties and plays on the fourth line. He gets elevated into the top six. I would have thought the easiest fix would have been put Phil Kessel right back into that situation, keep Jake Gensel with Riley Shane, which would allow you to maybe then slot in um, Goonockle there, maybe give Zach Aston Reese a look on the right wing on the third line. He's a guy that has played right wing in Wilkes-Barre Scranton, but they started him on the fourth line, and then the lines began to juggle throughout. But I, I would agree with your take there, my friend. That was the biggest issue. Mike Sullivan, with those two guys, Sherry and Hornquist, out of the lineup, lost the ability to have that manufactured balance throughout his lineup, so he wasn't able to roll the four lines the way that he had been doing so so successfully since the beginning of January, and you had a team that looked an awful lot like the version of themselves that was losing more than they won through October and November. Brian Metzer, Penguins Radio Network, joining me here on the Crowley Show. 
What got into Malkin, man? Is he in the TB12 regiment? <laughs> well, hey, if, if that's all it takes, we should buy that book and get it going ourselves. But uh, Evgeny Malkin, I've been noticing this since December 1st. He's leading the league in, in scoring over that span. He's been red hot with 22 goals and 39 points. But if you even just look at this last little stretch, he's got eight goals in his last four. That's something that just doesn't happen. And I believe some of that has to do with Sullivan playing him with players that aren't looked at traditionally as shooters. He has to be the goal scorer on his yeah. line. And, and that's not been the case going back to December. He just started getting it going then when he came back from that four-game absence. But this is uh, since January when he played with the two Swedes. Both of those guys usually go to the net. They fish pucks a lot. They know how to feed Gino in the slot. You see him just going to the net now with a very active stick. They're finding him, and he's scoring the goals, and his confidence is at an all-time high. He's also galloping around the ice in Malkin fashion. I mean, that's something that when we've seen him win Art Ross trophies, that's what he's done. He comes through the neutral zone with speed. He gets back on the back check when he needs to. He collects pucks. He takes it end-to-end sometimes, works give-and-goes very well with his wingers. And I think it's all just coalesced to a, uh, a, a outstanding showing for a player that we all know is very much capable of doing it. I just hope he can keep it rolling because they're going to need him to produce like this. Now, we should mention, even with Geno scoring those 22 goals, what gets lost in the shuffle, Sidney Crosby only seven goals since December 1st, but he's still got he three points. Yeah, that, re- that ranks him fifth in the league in scoring since then, and he is tied with Geno in points since January 5th. So overall, the Stars are making it happen, and let's not forget, Phil Kessel's right there with him. Sidney Crosby's going the Joe Thornton route right now, and not putting the puck in the net at all, just distributing all over the place. Uh, Brian Metz, although, uh, clean up after yourself, please, Sid. Uh, Brian Metzer joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, last thing here for you, Brian. I joked somewhat morbidly at the beginning of the interview about Marc-Andre Fleury. What's this mean to him to come back? Uh, what does this mean to the Penguins organization? And what do you think uh, it means to the fans? I hope the first thing that can happen is that the fan base, Mark, everybody else can sort of turn a page and finally move on. They'll have that chance to thank him for all that he contributed to the organization. They'll give him that last flurry chant. They can send, you know, the, the celebratory, you know, oohs and ahs and, the, and all of that down because the one thing that has happened way too much over the first three months of this season is that we still talk way too much about Mark andre Fleury, whether the team is winning or losing. That can hopefully go by the wayside. Now, that said, I feel like it's going to be a great moment. Fleury's going to be out there getting a chance to beat his former team. He's on one of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League right now. He's doing uh, everything they asked of him to do. He's given them a chance to win night in and night out. And he gets to do it against one of the best teams in the East right now, uh, which happens to be his former team. So it's going to be a special day, but I think that's going to be the biggest thing for me. Have that chance to thank him, but turn the page and move on, and let's get behind the goaltenders that are here in the organization. We'll never forget what Marc-Andre Fleury's done or contributed, but we need to move on and realize that the economy or the economics of the game are a big factor as to why he had to move on. It was not a personality thing. It wasn't a Mark, or, uh, Matt Murray's better or any of this kind of thing. It just fit based on the cap, based on the two cups, based on everything. You can't have depth everywhere. And we had to move on from Mark andre Fleury. Hopefully people can get their heads around that a little better after they see him in front of their own eyes on home ice in another team's jersey. Mets, you the man. Great stuff as always, buddy. Appreciate it. No problem, my friend. Thanks for having me. Look forward to doing it again soon. Yes, sir. 48 minutes now and counting, by the way, till belly button being pierced. We'll have it on Facebook Live. I'll get you the link up probably 15 or so minutes before it so that I can tweet it out, and then that way you're not searching right at 6 o'clock for the link. We'll do that. I will cry. I might pass out. I'm definitely going to vomit. I'm not excited. 
By the way, this is what they're talking about on the station across the street right now. Uh, they tell you not to do this. Don't point people in their direction. I don't think this is going to point anybody in their direction. Here's the take that I understand them to be doing now because they tweeted it. Where does Doug Peterson rank among all NFL head coaches after winning the Super Bowl last night? Has he passed Mike Tomlin? Oh, my God. That's what we're talking about over there? Is Doug Peterson a better coach than Mike Tomlin? I mean, that's really stretching it to make a local story, right? Because Doug Peterson won it in the second year just like Mike Tomlin. But then you add everything else Mike Tomlin's done since. So that's why it's dumb, but it's also dumb because it's just dumb. It's a dumb topic. It's a dumb, easy, throw the ball up in the air, somebody's going to catch it topic. F that. Although I will say this about Peterson. I don't trust him. He spells his name P-E-D-E-R-S-O-N as opposed to P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N. And I never trust anyone who's always trying to slide the D in. 412-922-3776. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I thought that one was funny. Good job, man. Thank you. I also made a joke in the Metzer segment and then couldn't remember the question I wanted to ask. So it was a flop of a joke followed by an, um, Mets, uh, I think Brian caught it. Yeah, a little bit. I just wrote it off that you're uh, kind of nervous that you're going to get your belly button pierced. I really think that's what it is. Good thing it's not going to be you, man, because with the blood clots and the blood thinners, you'd oh, probably yeah. bleed out right I, here in studio. I would. I'd be a casualty. You would. We did think you died last week when you didn't answer the calls when you were in the hospital, <laughs> and we were supposed to have this woman, this very nice woman, come pierce my belly button, didn't see her, didn't know where you were, and the two options were Brian either died or he's getting it on with this piercing woman. He's first, piercing her. First of all, she was a flake of a woman. Oh. Not very good. Supposed to be here. Didn't show up. Screw her. I uh, thought you did. No, I did not. Second of all, my phone was with my clothes. So I'm going, you know, I'm in gown and everything. Uh, so my phone's in one room. I'm in another as I'm going and getting everything set. And I just didn't, frankly, feel like getting out of bed because um, I'm laying there. It, but, dude, honestly. Didn't think you were going to get out of bed with <laughs> The piercer all on top of you. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Very heavy. She was. You were on top of her? <laughs> you had to be. Yeah. <laughs> Up next, my buddy Wes Euler from the station in Philadelphia that carries the Eagles games. If he's alive, I don't know if he is because, my God, Philly burned to the ground last night. And kind of like a college game last night. Did you like that or not? 412 this is not a topic like they're doing across the street. I promise. It's better than that. Crowley Show. I said the Eagles were going to lose. Because if I said the Eagles were going to win, I would have felt like a dumbass until like 1030 last night. Because I only would have been saying it to be contrarian. Nobody really thought they were going to win. Nobody. I'm telling you right now, nobody thought the Eagles would win except for delirious Eagles fans and people who wanted to be contrarians. No one thought it. Doug Peterson's ass didn't think they were winning that game. Nick Foles sure as hell thought they were losing. Wes Euler from the Eagles flagship station joins me now here on the Crowley Show. All right, give me the crow. Feed it to me, my friend. Listen, I told you that this Eagles team was legit. I told you. No one didn't say they weren't legit. I just thought the Patriots were legit-er. 
No, the Patriots were better at quarterback. Big position. Coach, Big position. Quarterback and head coach. And, I mean, they have a better tight end, even though Zach Ertz is still one of the best three or four tight ends in the NFL. Other than that, though, the Eagles were the better team across the board. And, come on, man, I, I told you that, that the Eagles had a, a, a more than a puncher's chance. You also told me that the Patriots, when they played a team for the first time in the playoffs, were 15-0 and against that team. So you helped pollute my mind, you jackass. I did, but I also told you that the Eagles were the first team in a decade to go four straight weeks holding an opponent under 10 points. So come on, I, I played both angles for you. That's what she said. My man, Wes Euler from the Eagles flagship station joining me here on the Crowley Show. How bad was James Harrison last night? Oh, he was brutal. I mean, and it was what was funny, too, is they were trying, like Chris Collinsworth, I felt like, was trying so hard to, like, make James Harrison happen. And it was like a Mean Girls moment, you know, like, like stop trying to make James Harrison happen. It's never going to happen. I mean, he was just, he was so irrelevant. I think people talked more about him after the game when there was that gif or gif going around on, uh, on Twitter of, you know, him, like, pulling the confetti off of himself. But, yes, it was, I'm sure it warmed my heart as well as uh, all my fellow Yinzers to, uh, to see James Harrison not really have much of an impact on the game last night and have to uh, walk off the field a loser. Had they won, it would have been a participation trophy because he didn't do jack squat. And if they had won, he'd have been celebrating like everyone else. F that. I'm happy that they lost, but uh, James Harrison stinks. And it's okay the Steelers let him go. Wes Euler from the Eagles Radio Network joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Wes, Nick Foles was dropping dimes. What the hell are they going to do with this guy? incredible some of the throws he made um, i'm thinking of the one one of the throws to alshon jeffrey one in the third quarter to Corey clement i mean we're just like you almost did a double take like is that really nick Foles? is that napoleon dynamite back there making these <laughs> throws but it was it was impressive really and this is where i think adam you have to give doug peterson some credit from when Foles first came in for Wentz until this game and the vikings game and just kind of the complete 180 that he did and and, and people knew it was in there he had a 26-2 and two season under Chip Kelly. He had had some, some moments where he looked like a competent NFL quarterback, and a lot of people considered him maybe the best backup quarterback in the NFL. But from where he was against the Giants and the Raiders and even the couple series that he played against the Cowboys in the season finale, although you can't put too much stock in that. I think he only played two or three series. He looked like a completely different quarterback in the Vikings game and, and in the Super Bowl. And I think a lot of that credit has to be given to Doug Peterson, also the Eagles, quarterback coach John Filippo, who I think will be a, uh, a hot candidate to get an offensive coordinator job here this offseason. But man, it, it really is going to be interesting to see what they do uh, this, this summer. I, I really think they're going to try and keep both guys, especially since maybe Carson Wentz, he, he, he like to think he'd be ready to go week one, but you never know for sure with those types of injuries. So I really think they're going to keep both, but I think they'll be able to get a nice return if they wanted to move Foles at least a oh, first-round draft hell yeah. in return. Well, Wes, who do you think Vegas is going to take in the expansion draft? <laughs> but the, the interesting thing, though, is, Adam, is I don't know if I would want to, my team say that I was a Giants or a Vikings or a Browns or insert any team that could, could use a quarterback. I guess the Vikings kind of have three iffy guys on their roster already. I don't know if I would want my team to give up a ransom for Foles because I think Doug Peterson and John D. Filippo and that offense and Frank Reich, the offensive coordinator, deserve just as much credit as Nick Foles for putting him in a position to succeed 
and kind of changing the offense and tailoring the offense more so that he can be successful instead of asking him to do too much. So I don't know if Foles is going to just or would just go to another team and all of a sudden look like the same quarterback we saw these past couple weeks. I think it's very much a product of, of him doing the right things at the right time, absolutely, and shining, but also uh, the people that were around him. I sure hope Frank Reich doesn't have a couple of children because then that would be the third Reich. Wes Euler joining me here on the Crowley Show. Wes, <laughs> Philadelphia, is it alive? Is it, is, it, is it still there? Is the Liberty Bell intact? Well, you know, uh, this, some of this vandalism, uh, I saw the Liberty Bell this morning. Uh, apparently the Liberty Bell's been cracked, Adam, and uh, this is just the type of behavior we Stop can never it. condone. Stop it. It's been cracked? <laughs> yeah. Apparently I saw a picture this morning. The Liberty Bell's been cracked. There go those Philly fans. And someone encased Sylvester Stallone in carbonite. <laughs> um, no, I was uh, I poked around a little bit after the game last night uh, in downtown Philly, and, and the scenes were wild. There were, of course, unfortunately, uh, a couple people who, who did some dumb things and you know broke into some stores, some convenience stores and things like that. But for the majority of uh, what I saw was just people that were, man, just, just ecstatic that uh, they finally got that weight off the back. And I think for the fans around here, just the fact that they don't have to hear Cowboys and Redskins and Giants fans scream, you know, you got no Super Bowls, you got no rings. I, I think just the, the pure euphoria of having that weight lifted off of everybody's back last night. People were uh, people were in a very good mood, and, and like I said, large in part, for the most part, well-behaved. Happy was your wife? Pretty happy? Oh, she was, yeah, she was crying. She was, she was very happy, absolutely. That make you happy? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I, listen, I would have been cool either way, um, because like you said, Football has always kind of been Pittsburgh's thing. So if the Patriots would have won, at least we would have been able to still thump our chests about that. But no, I, I would have I would have much rather seen the Eagles win. It was fun at work last night. Um, you know, my name got read on a, on a Super Bowl winning broadcast, which is pretty cool. Um, and yeah, it just you know, it, it's fun. Everyone's in a good mood, and that's going to last months here. I'm sure all the way up, maybe probably through summer, and until the the banner gets raised gets raised at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, you know, in, in early September, that would be on a, on a Thursday night. Um, it, it just, it, you know how it is. We, we've seen it with, with Penguins fans. It's just, it puts everybody in a good mood. People in traffic are waving people on at the merge. And no way. No way that's happening in Philadelphia. I will not believe it. And I, I got one. And listen, you know, I always come correct for you with some facts. You do? You know what I realized while I was waiting for you here, uh, you know, before, before I jumped on the line? The last time the Eagles and the Patriots met in a Super Bowl, the Steelers went on to win the Super Bowl the next season. Great so, point. Hey, we got that. Go- we got that going for us. Yeah, but I don't recall Foles throwing up in the huddle last night. Heyo, Yahtzee. Goodbye, Wes. Thank you for the time. All these days leading up to the Super Bowl, it's been fun, bud. It has been fun as well. Thank you, Mister Crowley. Say hello to the wife. Will do. Go Mountaineers. Your wife. Go ears. Big one tonight. Big one. Big game. Trey Young. That overrated punk. Yeah, my man, Javon Carter, and the not-at-all overrated West Virginia Mountaineers who have lost 5-7. It's a big one. Is it bad that for half a second I forgot Wes's wife's name? And that's why I said the wife, which I hate. My wife hates that. Leanna is her name. His wife's name is Morgan. And I knew that. And I've known them pretty much from the beginning of their relationship. And it just slipped. It's because I'm just trying to distance my brain from anybody who's happy about the Eagles being champions. That's it. That's all it was there.
412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Call West back up, actually, Tom, if you could. Do you need the number again or you got it? That was a joke, not for anybody other than me and Tom and Brian. What are you up to here? Don't worry about it. Come on. I'd have to apologize that I didn't know his wife's name. Huh. And I wanted to ask him the question that I was planning on asking him the whole time that I teased, which is, do you like the fact that it looked like a college football game last night? Yeah. Good job. By the way, I worked in a third Reich. You really did. Joke you worked in a couple good ones there. I did. Uh, uh, Rocky. Uh, with Sylvester Stallone and yeah. Carbonite. Not bad, man. The hell happened there? Yeah. I'm uh, on today. Yeah, you kind of are. But in 28 minutes, you're not going uh, to be stuck with a needle. Let's go to Wes. Hey, buddy. Sorry about that. What? 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 You need me back? Did you throw up the bad signal? At the end of the segment... I said, tell your wife I said hello, but it's because for half a second I forgot that Morgan's name was Morgan. Well, how could you forget with Morgan from Morgantown? Come on. Oh, son of a gun. And I had one more question for you. Hit me. Do you like that the Super Bowl looked like a Big 12 football game? Uh, I do. I do. I'm Listen, entertain me. I think the more and more I work in this industry, as we get further away from being teenagers who are just crazy sports fanatics, just entertain me. That's all I can ask for. And to me, that was more entertaining last night than if the final score would have been uh, ten to six or seventeen to fourteen. That was more entertaining for me last night. I like to see offense. I like to see great uh, skill players like Rob Gronkowski and Alshon Jeffrey making plays. That's just more fun to me. And don't get me wrong, I appreciate great defense. I don't want to make it seem like that, but no, I, I was very. I thought that was an entertaining Super Bowl last night, and I would, like I said, I'd much rather watch that than watch Alabama and LSU play a 9-6 to football game every time. Wes, appreciate it again, man. Tell Denise I say hello. You just wanted to have me come back on so I could say, go Mountaineers one more time. Big one tonight. Big one tonight against that overrated freshman. Thanks, buddy. That's Wes Euler from the Eagles flagship station. Actually, all I wanted was the payoff to say his wife's name so that I could F it up the second time around. That's good stuff. Way to set it up and everything. Guess who just walked in? Uh, I'm scared. I'm shaking. Guess who just walked in? I'm shaking. I'm terrified. It's the piercer, for those of you who don't know. Can we call him that? The piercer? That kind of sounds badass. <laughs> the piercer is here. He's kind of kind of a scary looking dude. I probably shouldn't say that. I should say it afterwards. Yeah, you know what? You'd be very, very nice until after the needle is out of you. Is it a bad time? For me to say that I forgot the money and we got to go get money. Yeah, it's a hard. Yeah, we probably need the money. But look, that's why we have a crack staff here. Yeah, we can send any number of them out there, all of them. Just give us your bank card. That guy from across the street does a show early in the afternoon. Just tweeted out: Doug Peterson is the second best coach in the NFL, better than Tom. See, this is what they do over there. It's Philip Phony. Over there, all they do is spit hot takes that just try to drum up a reaction. And I'm here to tell you that I'm not that kind of guy. It's not who I am at all. But after watching last night's game, I think Tomlin has to go. Mr. Richard, hello. I never had a uh, my belly button pierced, but I had three shots of my belly last, last week. Does and that- I, had, I heard the one person you were talking to was talking about a down, so I guess he was in the hospital. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Mr. Richard. Uh, Mr. Richard, would you would you kindly please follow along the show? Try to pay attention. Try to pay attention. I mean, it's comprehension here, man. For the love of God. No matter how much I talk, I can't distance myself from this belly button piercing. 
It's happening at 6, whether I want it to or not. 26 minutes. I most decidedly do not want it to happen. We're going to start the Facebook Live coming up during the break. I'm going to tweet it out, at underscore Adam Crowley. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, My heart is going like a thousand miles an hour. This is honestly one of my most favorite days since I've been here. Katie, what is the name name of the piercer? It's Dan. Okay. Does Dan Dan feel comfortable going on air to describe the procedure prior to the procedure happening? Okay. We'll be back with Dan, the guy who's going to poke me. The piercer. That sounds better. The guy who's going to pierce me. Nay, the guy who's going to pierce my belly button. He'll join us next on The Crowley Show. Oh, son of a bitch. I am shaking. <laughs> Dude, it's a, this is like the actually the Super Bowl was last night, but I've been waiting for this more than I was for that game. Like, this is awesome. This is a good day on the Crowley Show. It's been a good show so far. Unfortunately, this could have been done last Monday, and I'd have been used to this thing already. And. Well, you had to have. You try to make clot. me feel guilty for almost dying, aren't well, you? Well, I mean, you know, maybe quit smoking. Look, dude. Fifteen years prior to. If I didn't last have some week. unnamed person always coming to uh, work before their four o'clock show, saying, "Hey, got a cigarette?" I mean, not naming any names, of course. Yeah, definitely was not me. No, there's other people on it for. So on this whole thirty diet that I'm doing, yeah, it says if you smoke, and you're afraid of smoking. And doing the diet, you can't do the diet without having to have some sort of vice. They said quit smoking first and then do the yeah do the diet after. I, lo- I love that how you're you're dieting now. Yeah, this is you had all this time to to avoid what's about to happen with the piercing, and, and you let it go. And now here you are. You've started your diet basically on the day that you are getting pierced. Is this like a thing where you look back and like, man, I really screwed this yeah, up? Yeah, I'm a little now irritated I myself. Hit. Because yeah. I worked out really hard for the second of the two months. The first month, I worked out. I wouldn't say hard. Second month, I did work out really hard. But I didn't I didn't eat right. I ate what I would normally eat, or I would justify being able to eat more because I had already worked out. And don't forget the 14, 15, 16 beers in a sitting. Um, that does not help. No, I think that got me farther well, away actually, from the goal. that's a good question. This is an all-organic diet you're on now. Um is beer included? Yeah. You can drink beer. No, you can't. You can't drink beer. Okay. I thought you meant it was included in the diet. Oh, I got you. Wow. No, there's sugars in beer, and all alcohol is bad for you. The only things you're allowed to put in your body per this diet, or lifestyle as they want you to call it, are things that can be utilized in your body. Alcohol didn't go anywhere other than out the pier. I, I don't want to get ahead of my uh, ahead of ourselves as a show here. But I smell another bat coming on. We're not. I'm not honestly, doing it again. I don't think you can go all this time without drinking. I don't think. Oh, no. I, I've done it before. I have to. At this point, I have to. That's easier to me than the working out part. Yeah, I'm not saying you, you need the liquor. You like the liquor. I won't, not- drink for, I won't drink until March 1st. I really won't. But on March 1st, I'm going to get hammered. I'm just going to save where I'm going right now until after we're done. Are with you trying to get me else. to do a bet? I save it for after. Here's the, fact, the thing. I, Here's the thing. And by the way, 15 minutes. Dan from Southside Tattoo is going to pierce me. We're gonna have him on in a second if I don't pass out or throw up. Uh, 
my wife's doing this with me. So because, not the piercing, but she's doing the diet. So because she's doing the diet, it's easy for me. I've always wanted to die. I always want to eat better. I'm, I'm going to throw her under the bus here. She's the reason I'm getting pierced right now because she's always got this garbage food in the house. And every night, oh, this is us is on. Let's, wa- let's eat some ice cream. Or, oh, it's the bachelor night, which I may or may not take part in. Let's eat some ice cream. Let's have some chips. And that's what happened. That's why I'm getting pierced. This is, this is your fault, Leanna. Yours. I know that's Katie who's holding the phone doing the Facebook Live, but I'm looking out to the world. 15 minutes till I get my belly button pierced. Uh, we got Dan now to tell us. He, he coughed right into it. I can't use this guy. He's not He's not sanitary. I can't do it. We need a loophole here. I'm not doing it. Southside Tattoo, thank you so much for taking the time and coming out here to pierce me today. Good to be here. Had to be a part of it. Are you? Yeah. Okay, very good. Well, uh, let me ask you this, uh, Dan, from Southside Tattoo. How bad is this going to hurt me? It's a quick pinch. It's yeah. not really that painful. Okay. Yeah, it's not what you expect. What are the chances of me getting infected? Well, you got to keep your hands clean. That's the main reason piercings get so, infected. So pretty high. Pretty high of me yeah, getting infected. Don't play infected. with it. Just let it. I heard that for years. <laughs> it's, never, it's never worked out for me either. So what's the process entail? Uh, well, first we clean the area. We'll put a little dot on you where it's going to go. Oh, for the love of God. And then... Uh, <laughs> Then we put a clamp on you, stick a needle through your belly button. Oh. Jewelry goes in right behind it. Clean up any kind of blood that might be there. Oh, no. Nice. <laughs> there will be blood. There might be. It's not guaranteed. If I don't bleed. Could you Could you guarantee us blood? We can't. Okay. We can make it happen. What the hell? I'm just asking. I'm <laughs> inquiring. What the hell is this guy, this is, Dan, from Southside Tattoo? This is new to me. I'm just inquiring. I'm trying to figure oh, out Oh, yeah, the it's process. new to you? Your buddy yeah. getting his belly button pierced? That's new to you? <laughs> Brand new. I should be drunk for this. Unfortunately, I'm in the middle of my whole 30 diet. Yeah. God, son of a... See, this is the... We'll get to that later. Now, I lost a bet before and had to have my chest waxed. Yeah. How was that? Uh, that hurt. I'm I'm curious as to see which hurts worse. Uh, I am very I would say the right waxing, now. probably. Yeah, the waxing you think hurts more? Okay, very good. And so What are the chances of someone fainting? Uh, it's Has possible. It, it does happen. happen. Yeah. Oh, why would you say this? I'm, I'm just. I might to... actually faint now. Look, I may I'm going to have a panic. I attack. may have to be a first responder here. So if you faint or you bleed, I, I'm just asking what what we're in store. Am for. I more likely to bleed than faint? Yes. Yeah. Not many people. Now the people who faint are they the people who watch? Uh, yeah. It's more of the person in the room watching it be done. So he's oh, wow. more likely to pass out. Hey, than I you. fainted. Oh, is that going to happen again? Yeah, I fainted last Son Saturday. Yeah. That'll be awesome. We got all kind of problems all around the Crowley show. You, like, Am I panicking? I, I think I'm panicking. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm moving all over the place. I'm gyrating. You have explained it on the show many times that you're a nervous guy. You move your hands a lot. You got to touch your face a lot. You got right now, dude. You cannot stand still. I can't. You are swaying back and forth. You're I am trying to keep your hands still right yep. now by crossing them. But see, they can't. This is usually when I go for vitamin Y, as Katie O calls them. See, but you can't go for. I vitamin, can't. You can't go for the yinling at this point because. You're on your thing. So, which is another reason, again. All right, I'm just going to get into it. I'm an idiot. Th- I don't think you can not drink alcohol for this long, but we'll go, we'll go back to it after. I've done that. I've done it twice. Twice okay. I've not drank okay. alcohol this long. First, got to pay off the, the original bet here. I'm not making another bet. Unless it would wind up with you getting tattooed at Southside Tattoo or getting pierced. Doesn't have to be your belly button. Yeah. Like an earring or something. We'll, we'll talk about it. I want to see how much my legs bleed. are shaking. I want to see how much you bleed and faint first. I gotta sit down. 
Nervous. Skip tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Day after the Super Bowl and you're doing shtick. I'll make sure to miss it. I miss David Todd. Well, you're one of the few. I like David, but the numbers weren't good. That's the reality. The numbers are up 300%. So, pierce away, baby. Pierce away. 412-922-2874. Let's take a call in Fort Collins, Colorado, so I can take my mind off this. I am shaking. Dave, hello. Crowley, man. How you doing? I'm okay. Are we allowed to do shtick today after the Super Bowl, or do we have to follow everyone's media rules? No, we love it, man. It keeps the show going, and it's it's over the top today. But I got a stat that's going to make it even more over the top. Give it to me. Since the Eagles won the Super Bowl, the NFC East is the first conference to have all te- four teams win a Super Bowl. You mean a division? I'm sorry. Yeah, they NFC, not accepted, yeah. Dave. <laughs> what else hey, you got? Adam, Hey, all right, bud, check this out. So I called you last. Cue the music, man. I called you last um, Halloween, and I told you about my sound system going off in my house. And your oh, you're the ghost saying, guy. Yeah. yeah, dude. Now, wait, Adam, it happened again Christmas morning, 10 minutes till 7. We were we were going to go down to my daughter's house in Denver, and uh, we're just sitting around, and all of a sudden this, the sound system goes off. It happened again, man, after that, about... Maybe a week or two weeks ago, it's gone off again. There's no timer on it. There's no stuff on it, man. It just turns on by itself. Cue the music, man. I don't know what music you're talking about. Oh, that, uh, the, the, the music. The we got it. Music. We got the music going now, Dave. Uh, good luck uh, against the spirits, okay? Yeah, man. See ya. We're never going to hear from him again. He just finally got around to calling us, and this ghost attacked him on Christmas? Hey, he, he, he essentially hijacked the show right there. But the good thing I is... I allowed it. See, here's the good thing. I allowed it. took it. your mind off the piercing. Did it? Because I'm still gyrating like an Addy. Idiot. Uh, for a second. Uh, You'll be all right, man. I know. I just want to go to break. I, you want Tom to rub your head like while it's happening just to soothe okay. you a little bit? You okay. Yeah. See, Joe would have been able to calm you down and relax you. Joe was kind of like the Adam Whisper. Now we got Tom where we're in this weird state where he... I don't think you can control your nerves like like Joe quite did. Nope. What do you think about doing this the day after the Super Bowl? I think it's the most Crowley show thing we've ever done. It's the perfect time. What are you going to do? How much can you break stuff down? Really? Look, we love sports, but let's not get nerdy about it. I agree. Let's not be goofy. He's like the douches across the street. I agree. I think Malcolm Butler should have played more. I think Malcolm Butler would have really, he would have made a big difference on the outshot Jeffrey touchdown. Do you think Tom Brady would have been more effective if he had tape on his hand? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, see that? He would have caught that ball. Yeah. Oh, you sucked me in. Yeah. You here son we of are. a bitch. Hot taken. 412-922-2874. I've got nothing else to say. I am I have all the symptoms of being nervous. I am shaking. I am well, I'm shaking. Usually, before a theater show back in the day, other things would happen. Yeah. Like, uh, you know. You know. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. How's Leanna feeling about this today? Well, it's her fault. So she's got to be okay with it. Yeah. It's her fault for keeping junk food in the house. I mean, she's excited to see this, right? My voice just broke, I think, there. It did. With no, nervousness. You, you're, you're actually... It's yeah. a, like, shaking, uh, let's pull the curtain back. Like all Transparency, all number one aside. virtue of the Crowley show. Like, you are honestly, like... I just need to get in done. the most excited state I've ever seen. Well, let me—I don't want to put it that way—but you are in the most nervous state I've ever seen. Southside tattoo, gonna get it done. Uh, Braden tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. You're acting like a bitch. Take the loss like a damn man. There you go, Snowflake. Braden.
Braden is not, let me. He's been keeping us accountable. Like seriously, like out of all of our listeners, like Braden has taken it upon himself to keep you accountable. He, the minute this happened, the minute you failed the bet, he was right there asking what's going on. Anytime we don't have something going on, like a drop is missing, Braden's there. Dude's all right. I mean, if Tom doesn't work out, he might be our next producer. I can't look at this needle or I'm going to pass out. I'm not kidding. I will pass out if I look at the damn needle. And I saw a video of the, the clamps they put on. That looks like it hurt more. hurts more, maybe. What do we People got? People say it does. People say the clamps hurt I don't more. put it on all that tight, though. It okay. doesn't need to be. That's my man. What's the needle we're you. dealing with? Where's that at? Is that? Let's see here. Oh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Sucks for you, buddy. It looks like a nail. Like a you nail, look like good a nail after, gun nail. You look good afterwards. I will look good. Uh, we picked out a... Uh, 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 I can't even talk. We picked out an earring. Or a, what do you call it? A belly button yeah, ring. Navel ring. Navel ring. Thank you. See, now that's badass. Oh, that's... A, oh! It's a that's, Pikachu! That's awesome! It's a Pikachu! Oh! Perfect! Couldn't even have come up with that on our own. That is awesome. All right, coming up in six minutes. It's dangly, too. <laughs> the dangly Pikachu will be underneath my navel. It's the Crowley Show.